Product Quest podcast. Thank you for joining us on our journey to better understand innovation and product strategy. My name is Jonathan Edwards and joining me are my co-hosts, Scott Burdeson and Jan Vermuth. So today we are going to try to break jobs to be done. We're going to prod it, push it, pull on it, and generally try to exploit its weaknesses to see how it holds up. We will look at situations where jobs to be done seems to break down, situations where things people do are hard to explain from a jobs to be done perspective. We will talk about the role of emotion in people's behavior. Um, in jobs to be done, there's this notion of an emotional job, which we will also take apart. So to start off, Scott, you published on LinkedIn a very thought-provoking riddle uh, the, the other day. Would you mind just explaining that riddle to us and to the audience? Sure. And also sort of why, why it's even riddle at all. But when I posted that, I didn't explain it very well, so I'll try to do better here. <laughs> but the, the question I posed, well, first of all, with jobs to be done, you know, we should be able, we believe we start with a job and we can identify the criteria that helps the customer uh, to accomplish a job better. And then they select the product that helps them to accomplish the, that job better. So in this riddle, there appears to be the one, the product that wins appears to be the one that's not accomplishing the job better based on the, the obvious criteria that come to mind. And this was what I posed. I said, why? And by the way, this might not, this might be a global thing. I, um, anyway, but the question I posed was, why do Americans prefer chicken wings over chicken tenders? Now, again, maybe that's not just American. Maybe that's global. It's certainly an American thing. But why is it a riddle at all? Well, if you can think about the difficulty in eating wings versus chicken tenders, a lot of things come to mind. It's going to be much messier uh, to eat the chicken wings. You know, you're not able to eat. You're going to get sauce on your fingers, for example, with with wings, as opposed to chicken tenders. You could just cut them, and it would be a the choice white meat or whatever. It could be any any cut of meat, and you and you eat it. You could dip it in the sauce. You keep your hands perfectly clean. Uh, just, just everything about eating a chicken wing takes more work. Like you have, there's different types and you have to, you know, nibble on it and you, there's a skin and there's just lots of different components there. So, but everything about the process of consuming chicken seems to be more difficult with chicken wings than chicken tenders. So, which begs the question, has jobs be done broken down? Why, why are Americans a apparently making a decision to choose a product, chicken wings, which would not get the job done better in chicken tenders. And um, it's a question I've thought about myself. I didn't, again, I didn't phrase the riddle very well. So I mean, maybe we should start with that. Does it, does it make sense why it's a riddle or an element of confusion to begin with? Yeah, so first of all, I have to admit, I, I totally missed the point of your riddle when you, you posted it. And what I didn't quite get was the, the idea, which I think we need to, which is implied implicitly, which is that the tenders and the, the wings both taste just as good. So there's no, no, basically no difference in taste between these two, uh, the two of them. I mean, I think maybe, I mean, I think that if we're starting to come up with a hypothesis, that's one you couldn't 
you couldn't rule out. Is there some reason the wings taste better than the tenders? As a consumer, I think that's probably not the case. If anything, I think the tenders probably taste better, but that's obviously just a one person personal preference. But you could not rule it. But if we're going to have to, if we're going to, um, if Jobs Be Done does work, we're going to have to think of what are the criteria in which wings would be yeah. preferred. And we can't rule that out. I, I personally wouldn't rate it, but we can't rule it out. Yeah. So, so I think taste is is definitely something that hopefully we'll touch upon a bit later because it's a, it's definitely a, uh, I would say one of the a hot topic in, in jobs to be done. It's not something that's that's necessarily easy to to handle, and we can talk right. about it. Um, I think for the for the sake of the argument here, it, it is interesting to consider that it's it's not because of of taste that people prefer the tenders over the the wings. Um, and so if I understand correctly, it's really just a functional difference between the, the tenders and the wings. So there's some functional advantages, which you've explained, Scott, right. uh, to the tenders. I think, yeah, I think there's are obvious functional advantages of the tenders. Perhaps there's some for the wings, but they're certainly not certainly not as obvious the things that just jump out at you are well it's, it's, they're more difficult to cook you have to cook them longer I mean, you're paying per mm. pound now you're also paying for with the tenders you're really paying for a high percentage of meat with wings you're paying for bone and for gristle and for uh you know skin right so so it appears to lose on the on the criteria that are just obvious that jump out at you but this preference if the preference was mild, I think you would dismiss it, but it's pretty substantial. And it's interesting. Um, the, it's, um, I was, I was overhearing a, an executive in the packaging industry and he, he's good friends with an executive in the poultry industry. And he was, he shared, he, he was recounting a story he had heard. And he said back in the 1980s, chicken breasts cost much more per pound than wings did. And hmm. today that's completely reversed. And now uh, chicken wings cost much more per pound than breast did. And it's back then it's like, this is a, an, a, this is an exaggeration. Okay. But it was like, you could pull out the breasts, sell those and throw the rest away. And now it's like, you take the chicken, cut the wings off, and throw the rest away. That's an exaggeration. That's not literal, but the, but over time, and maybe, maybe something in, in that change of preference, maybe there's a clue there into this where the preference for uh you know wings went went up and the preference for the breasts went went down uh over time so maybe that contains yeah. part a clue in what's going on i don't know so maybe just before we go any further who 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 which team would you be on like chicken wings or te or, or tenders well that's one re so i am team <laughs> chicken wings i also um, prefer them uh, me as well so i do have some opinions i have some thoughts about okay. why i would choose them so i can at least offer that that gives me insight into one person's <laughs> criteria it, but partly jan that's where the riddle comes from i'm observing my own behavior okay. at making and making decisions that seem to not i'm choosing to eat something more difficult yeah why i think I doing that there it's really, I think this is kind of, for me, was kind of the core of the riddle. So I, I didn't answer on LinkedIn because I, like, I really tried to figure it out. And I think what you're kind of calling into question is, what do we mean by, for example, getting a job done better? Mm. What actually counts as an advantage of something? And I think that is kind of the, or at least for me, was the difficulty to figure this out. Like, what's the, because some things that we might judge to be struggles are 
something like a benefit of the thing. So well, exactly how you explained it before. So they're like, it, they're, it's harder to eat. It's messier to eat. Mm-hmm. From a certain perspective, this can seem like, like a challenge or, or like something you wouldn't want to have under whatever circumstances you want to, like normal circumstances. Right. But in this case, something like a disadvantage is, is maybe exactly the point. So mm-hmm. and that, that I think is a really hard thing to wrap your head around. And as you kind of showed now, I think these kind of, Maybe there is there is explanations we jump to. So these economic explanations, well, it's a question of price. Right. But then now you should you should not be eating as many chicken wings as 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 we do. But we do. But I mean, the price has gone up since I don't know the eighties apparently. But and and we still do. Or there is something like social explanations where you would say, well, it's well, it's American culture and it's just Americans and blah blah. blah. But I think that doesn't really hold. Of course, that has has like an effect on it. I mean, taste preferences are something social to a certain extent. Right. But then again, I think probably that holds very true in other countries as well. And it would be very weird if it's just an American, precisely an American thing. So I think these explanations kind of, they only go so far, let's say. By the way, is the, is this only an American thing, the preference for wings? Would you, what, where, where are you guys? I, I love wings dinner? always. If you could order yeah. one or the other, you would order wings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Always. What about you, Jonathan? Just so we're off. Well, I I have to say, it really depends on the on the context oh, okay. myself. So if if I'm just having a grilled chicken, I would go for the wings because and I'm unfortunately here I I I'm gonna ruin the riddle because I really think it's a question <laughs> of taste. So um, I think if if you just have grilled chicken. The wings are nicer because you, you get all this nicely grilled skin and it gives like this additional nice taste. Um, and, and, and often I find that the, the chicken breasts can get a bit dry mm-hmm. depending on how you cook them. On the other hand, if you, you have something that's made with some kind of sauce or something like this, I might go for, for the breast. So, so, so this is why I kind of misunderstood the riddle because for me, it, I, I really put it down to a question of taste but i think it's definitely a thing i mean maybe the riddle is not perfect in terms of of that because there is this taste element but i think it's definitely a thing you you actually talked about other examples when we discussed this you you talked about um what was it like opening lobsters or something um i don't remember what exactly yeah you're right as a scientific experiment it's certainly (laughs) imperfect because it's 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 um fattier meat on the uh wings so it would to compare it you'd almost be better to compare it to uh thighs or something of com- of a similar texture similar fat content so that we, we, we can't rule that out but yeah um but i think one thing to your point that make that would uh well first of all we as as um, innovators you know we want to push for as much clarity as we can and because it's preferred in the culture it's not that's not the that's not enough and because they just like it better it's just not enough now the, we might end up there we might do a lot of work and that might be the place we end up but at least we want to really challenge it as to understand it as good as we can now yes yeah, so there's there's other parallels in eating where you select something more difficult to eat over something easier to eat and maybe these are actually more comparable riddles uh, because the meat's the same lobster 
is a great example. Um, in, yeah. a, in a more expensive restaurant, they're going to be more likely to give you like the whole lobster with a bib and you have to actually spend work to open the lobster. In a lower restaurant, they're going to give you the tail and even maybe lower, well, very low, you wouldn't get one at all, but you just sort of get the meat. But in, so where I am in the Eastern uh, United States, there's a popular seafood or blue crabs. And you can buy blue crabs by the pound. You just, it's already picked for you. It just comes in a little container. Um, uh, but, or you can buy the whole crabs. You can actually buy them alive. You, you buy them alive. You bring them home. And so hopefully we won't get in trouble. Look, this is, this is, I'm just describing yeah, yeah, yeah. something. I don't want PETA to get mad at me personally. <laughs> but this is, I'm just describing a market. There's a market where people buy the crabs live so they can cook them alive. Yeah, yeah, steam them alive. And then there's a, there's a tremendous amount of work to opening the crabs. The, the, um, actually, maybe this is a better example than the lobster, because the lobster, you open the tail and you got this huge piece of meat. With the crabs, you are working, working, working for these little <laughs> tiny pieces, and you're dipping it in the butter, and you're usually drinking beer, and you're just you're having to work very hard for these little bits of meat. And again, maybe this is a better comparison because it is the same meat as if you bought this tub of crab. Now, if you came over like to my house and scenario one, you know, I have crab on your plate, a little dollop of crab. Okay. Scenario two, I have, I bring, I have this setup where I bring you crabs and everybody has the bibs and we're opening them together. The second one is a much, a much yeah. more difficult experience to deliver. And I think most would argue a much more enjoyable uh, experience. So maybe that's, um, so I think we could, we, we could, we could fall quickly with taste with the chicken, except for there's such, there's such very similar parallels with some of these other types of food that, that take effort to eat. And maybe there's a, a clue for us in there. <laughs> so yeah. I, I actually have a theory for the, for the crabs, I think. Um, and, and, but before I go there, I just want to say, you know, um, uh, give a notice to all the folks out there that, uh, you know, we're just, we're just speculating here. Right. So, <laughs> so if you want to sell crabs or do stuff like this, I mean, just go and talk to your customers and figure out what they want to do. Cause we're just, you know, uh, throwing things out here. But so firstly, I would say for the, the so I really like the crab e example. And, and I think this is generally speaking, I think we can categorize this as people deliberately choosing a struggle in doing something. I think that's the general category. Yeah. And I think there are multiple reasons why people might choose struggles. And for the crab, I think there are also multiple reasons. I can think of at least two. And one which I think might definitely play a role is as a kind of social test or something like this. So if you're going to a fancy restaurant um, and you don't know how to eat crab, then somehow you will not pass a kind of social test. So it's, it's a way of showing that you're in the know and that you know. So, uh -huh. so the, the, the job you're fulfilling is, is kind of what we might talk about a bit later, or we will talk about a bit later, is this notion maybe of social jobs. We'll, we'll see if that, that in itself is valid or not. But that would be my main theory on, on that. But it's true that when I eat these little, uh, what, you know, whatever, vongole or whatever you're, you're eating, like seafood, generally this pain to, to open, you do get into this kind of 
thing where there's kind of, it's like a game a bit, right? I mean, you kind of, enjoy, yeah. it's, it's the experience of the, the taste and, but also the experience of opening it, you, you kind of get into this flow uh, state of opening your, your little seashells and all that, which I think might also play a role. Why, where does that come from? Now that is an, a question that I will throw back to you because I have really no idea. So maybe <laughs> I, you think, can... I love the idea of the social test. And I think what we're getting to is that there are just other jobs involved that's not consuming a meal in which the other jobs are more important than consuming a meal. Now, of course, taste would, would, would everything enters into it, but I love this show that you're knowledgeable. And I in another yeah. example of this is oysters. Um, you know, we're, I assume you have oysters in Europe, but where you have to spend effort to open the oysters, the parallel, this, this works, this, at least in seafood restaurants where I live, very, sim very similar. It's more expensive to have it buy an oyster roast. It's only available certain times a year than just to sort of coldly be served. Uh, the oysters are sort of gross looking by themselves. I already had it. Yeah, right. Looking, but I'm re but your social test reminds me of um, experiences I had in a restaurant a long time ago. Uh, it was, I was with John Deere. We were a new pro We used to always go to Florida for to introduce new products. And one of the things that they would, so we'd go to all these seafood restaurants and there was this one where they would have raw oysters. Now I grew up on the coast. So the, a lot of the seafood, it's not as exotic to me personally as all these folks from the Midwestern United States have never had seafood. And so, so they're, they're really enjoying this social competition in a way of mm. eating the oysters and demonstrating to each other that they like, they like the oysters. And I, I'm really not participating in the competition because it's just not as exotic to me personally, but one of the, one of these competitions, so one of this is opening the oysters, but another competition was eating raw oysters. And they'd be like, well, I just had a raw oyster. Aren't you going to have a raw oyster? Like it's almost like a little, <laughs> little test. And I remember one time saying, you know, I, I said, no, I, you know, I eat my oysters steamed fried. I'm not going to have them. And I remember somebody says, well, you know, you don't know what you're missing out on. And I said, yeah, I'm, I'm missing out on hepatitis for once, <laughs> but, but, but enjoy your raw oyster. But, uh, but your social test comes to mind because I was, because it was a bit of a challenge, you know, would you eat the raw oysters? And, you know, there's a similar parallel with hot sauces sometimes, you know, where people are eating things that are very hot. That's not hot. I don't think that's hot. Yeah. It's almost like a competition. Um, anyway, I think the social test, I think if we're looking for clues, I think that's, I think there are more, I think there are more, but I think that is part of our answer. Jan, yeah. anything to add? Well, I think so. But again, going to the, well, I just had a flashback to, I think, I don't know the movie, but Julia Roberts, um, and I think it's Richard Gere. There is exactly this scene where he brings her along, Pretty Woman, of course, yeah. where he brings her along into a fancy restaurant and kind of one of the tests, is, and she prepares heavily, um, I think, how to, exactly how to eat oysters or crack open. So there is a whole thing in there. So I think this social right. testing is, is really, really an important thing. So, but I was, but what I'm thinking about is, is, and I'm trying to kind of see how jobs we don't want to hold up to this, but I think in general, what we see as well is, is in other areas as well. And it's not just in the eating, but it's also in the preparation. So especially over the last two years with all these COVID stuff, I, I think bread baking machines have skyrocketed. Like the sales went up like 160% or so, like people, people started baking themselves and so on. So they kind of found what, which is much more cumbersome than just go out and buy the bread. And in the beginning, I'll assure you, most bakeries will produce better bread than you do. So, 
right? <laughs> anyway, so but so this cho- deliberate choice of of kind of of having a challenge, I think, is really it is something that is at the core of it, and that can, in some way, fit into I think jobs to be done kind of explanation. So yeah. why? Because and maybe here I'm going a little bit off the rails, but I think especially in 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 food, we're we're really I mean we're, it's an intimate thing. I mean, taking something into your body is a really intimate thing. Yeah. And, and preparing something or being involved in the preparation of that thing, I think that kind of, okay, this is very speculative in a sense, but this is kind of, I think it translates into ownership a little bit. Mm. Like I'm making it my thing. So why am I, so what is kind of the, 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 the background of this? So there were these, I don't know if you know, these ready-made cakes. So there is this kind of the powders that you can buy and then you just add some water and blah, blah, blah. So I'm not hundred percent sure that the story is true, but the story goes like this. So they invented this powder, this ready-made cakes. And, and the only thing you had to do at the very, very beginning when they introduced this new product was just add water. So you just take the powder, you add water, you stir it a little bit around and there's the cake. And it didn't sell at all. But that was like the most convenient solution. You just, I mean, you don't have to do anything. Just heat up the, the oven, put in some water, stir it around, put it in there, take it, take it out, and there you go. Now, what they found out, I, I'm not even sure if they did some research, but let's assume they, they did. What they found out is they talked to actual, I mean, I'm sorry for the times, but at the times I think it was housewives, uh, and talked how they do it. And what they figured out is like, this is not, this, this is not cooking for them. So just adding water wasn't enough to make them feel like they have cooked it, actually. So they deliberately took things out. So now you have to add eggs. Now you have to add milk, which could perfectly be done by just having a powder solution. And, and, and now all of these ready-made things, you have to add a little bit more. You have to do a little bit more. But it has the effect that it is you are doing it. You are the, the person that does it. You can even customize it a little bit. And I think that it has wings or very nicely customizable to be honest everybody has his favorite recipe or that so and i think that kind of plays a role now i'm struggling to put these into jobs to be done words in like in so, these precise ways of criteria so you see what i mean but i think that so yeah kind of- i i think you're you bring up a, an amazing point here i think it's 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 a very interesting point i think it uh it's just something that um that I had planned on talking about with with you guys, and if maybe I can offer a bit of of clarity, but yeah. hopefully we can also make it, maybe leave this for a bit later, or we can go down this path. So I believe that we have to separate the idea of a challenge and the idea of what what is called in in some circles autotelic activities what is an autotelic activity it's an activity that we do for the sake of doing it hmm. and so i think what you're describing here with the so you talked about the baking the bread there is yeah it's definitely a challenge but is it are we really doing it for the challenge in this case it, maybe we are i i don't know but I think also for any kind of art, and this is why I said we'll probably discuss it a bit later, there is this, this idea of um, doing things for the sake of doing them. Someone paints, someone makes music, someone cooks. They do it because it, it's an activity that is pleasurable in and of itself. And I think that is definitely 
challenging for jobs to be done and, and we can discuss it maybe a, a bit later. I don't know. What do you guys think about this, this separation? One, one quick comment on, on Jan. That is, um, the, the, that is a documented story. I've got the book right here. Right. The gentleman's name is Ernest Dichter and his book is, uh, is motivating human behavior motivating human behavior. And that was an experiment mm. from the fifties. Now, yeah. um, I believe there were a lot of, a lot of, that was his conclusion. Well, his conclusion from best I remember was that, um, these, you know, these were housewives and when they only added water, they didn't feel like they were doing enough. They didn't feel like they yeah. had really performed enough work putting into this cake for part of, you know, loving the family. Yeah. Um, and so, but when they all of a sudden they had to add eggs and milk, now they were, now they were performing enough. And so very <laughs> much, it's like, why it's a, it's a very similar question. I'm really glad you brought that example. Why does the just add, why does this, you have to add more ingredients yeah. in over just add water. Mm -hmm. Um, now I, yeah. I do believe that it was the other folks disputed, uh, his conclusions and whatnot, but it was a real uh experiment that okay. did happen and th those were those were his conclusions so his yeah. argument was that it was to basically it was a proof again a bit like the oysters thing you're doing it to prove uh that your love for your family or something like this that from my recollection it was it was yeah it was about the housewife who mm -hmm. wanted to participate and really give back to her family and if she was only mixing water she didn't feel like she had done that. Now, me thinking about it myself, I'm I'm also wondering if she does. She feels more competent. It, now, I'm saying she because I, you know, I'm just repeating what the experience. That's very yeah yeah yeah. I'm, I'm not offering any personal I had the same opinions. <laughs> I'm only I'm only telling the information from this this story. And but I, I have to add that uh, mm. this this Ernest Dichter. Um, he very much was studying housewives, well, ladies at the time. So that was his, that was his sample, if you will. Um, but, but so, so we can't really make assumptions outside of the sample. So within the sample, yeah. um, I, I think there, there's some, there's a competence feeling and, uh, um, you know, if you're, if you're having to do something harder, then you're yeah. more competent than if, well, let's just take it to something today. Why don't we just take everything out of the freezer and microwave it? I mean, that would be totally easier. And again, this thing of taste is really, it's never going away from this conversation because you can't completely, you can't completely pull it out. But I think there's something to be said for, we do like, back to your point, uh, yeah. John, I think we do like to participate in, um, in, in the, uh, in this act of creating our food. And Jonathan, I know we, you made so many good points a while ago, um, <laughs> about challenge versus auto tech that we, I, I had to i wanted to at least mention that about but yeah making can, can i just again. jump in i think i'm sorry i'm sorry i think you should i mean because from a let's say from a innovator's perspective yeah. the, the the question is really relevant i mean the question is should we remove all of the issues that our products have or should well, we not deliberately doesn't choose? do that Facebook doesn't do it. Uh, I mean, the, the adding friction is 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 uh, you know this book by Nir Eyal, uh, what's it called already? Um, uh, Hooked uh, yeah. by Nir Eyal makes this point um, on on adding friction to you, you. You can't. That's how you get people addicted. You can't just make everything easy. You need to have some kind of uh, friction added to ah, the process. Sorry, nice. I, I cut you off. No, 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 that, that's fair. I mean, I just had, I think there is another, so I think this is really, this goes deep, deep, deep in how kind of 
we humans are kind of wired psychologically, but I think there's this really, as, I mean, we had, it just now that you were talking, Scott, it came to my mind that we had, but this is like a long time ago, some 10, 11 years ago, when I just more or less started working, we had a case where we worked for a company that produces um, like electronic, electronic um, um, comp- uh, parts. So in Germany, it's the, um, well, it's the, where all the fuses are in the house, they produce that box. I don't know what the fuse, name is. Fuse box. A fuse box, just a fuse box. And there we kind of worked on how to improve that box. And they launched a product. They had just launched a product where it was like almost like a Lego system. So for you as an electrician to install those boxes and install the fuses, it was extremely simple. It was color-coded and everything like that. Like it was for them extremely simple. And and the, the result was none of the electricians wanted to use that box. <laughs> then we went out and asked them like, uh, what? You know, but you see, like we, the product was super easy to use. It took them like a couple of seconds to install it and everything. And it was refused because then the electrician said, hey, I trained four to five years for this job. Of course. And you're making me look like a stupid child that doesn't know his way around. And, and, and like I'm finishing 30 section, uh, 30 minutes, uh, seconds. So how the hell should I bill for this work? Yeah, like, exactly. what are you doing? But these are, <laughs> I mean, this phenomenon you you encounter a lot in when you do B two B projects, typically with the IT uh, department, who will block any kind of uh, initiative that will r- reduce their 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 yeah. their workload right i mean but i mean i don't i think that makes total sense i i don't think that i really have any trouble understanding from a jobs to be done perspective it's just yes, that the job that they, they i mean they try they're scared of losing their job and of not being able to bill as much i mean that's totally a functional yeah there's a totally functional explanation agree i think for for, for this case yeah and it's easy to think of well the solution is that panel box or all the components but it's not it. The solution is the panel box plus their expertise. Their expertise yes. is part of the solution. And yes. they that expertise, they want to use it. They want to use their expertise. Now, there's also, is it, so with technology adoption, that's why it's, it's, it can be pretty tricky talking to in, incumbents, uh, right? Because, because I bet I'm going to go on a limb, a brand new electrician without as much expertise would probably be more enthusiastic about the ones that that fit together. Be, yeah. Yeah. I'm just, I'm reminded of my my biggest new product failure, which I'd be happy to share. <laughs> Everybody likes talking about their successes. I have a massive failure. I've got I've got a big. Tro- That's where we learn. I've got a big trophy that I was awarded for how good it was, and it was had all these awards. Maybe that, but it didn't sell. And it was this with John Deere. We came up with this tractor concept. The tractor drives like a car. This reminds me a lot of John's example. Because mm. general for tractors, I'm going to go into it, but there's all these different pedals and all these different sort of foreign-looking things. And, and if you're very experienced, you find it easy. Dealers find the distributors find them easy. But we were targeting a uh, we were targeting a group of tractor owners or, or new tractor owners. They don't have this experience, right? Yeah. So we the, it drove like a car. The pedals looked like a car. The icons looked like vehicles. It had an accelerator. I mean, you, you had forward and reverse. You didn't have all these comp. We took out all the complexity, and um, and so when we showed this at new a new product uh, introduction. The dealers hated it. <laughs> they were like, well, what is this? You know, this, this doesn't drive like a tractor. But mm. but then occasionally you'd have some some lost soul driving it at the demo. 
like, wow, this is the best tractor I've ever seen. Go talk to that person a second. Okay. They don't have any experience. It's the first one they've ever driven. And so they mm. loved it. And so it, the, the product failed because ultimately because it was, it needed to be sold through a dealer. This is in my opinion, through a dealer network that um, had that knowledge. They, mm. it, was, it needed to be sold and sold through a, a distributor group that may not appreciate what it's like to not have the knowledge they have, if, if that makes sense. And so yeah. I think part of the, um, when introducing a new innovation, especially if it's something that really simplifies things, I think there needs to be a little, I think you gotta be clear. Are you targeting everybody or are you targeting the new folks? And if you're targeting the new folks, then, then don't, you can't take too seriously the feedback from somebody outside of the segment. It's, yeah. It was never for them to begin with. And so I think if you really, if you have that solution and you really target it at, at newer folks, I think you might get a different yeah. result. I hope I haven't taken us so, so far, <laughs> too far off track. No, very good example. Your story remind, was just so, is just so, yeah, yeah. That. Hey, hey, we learn, we learn much more from our failures apparently than from our successes. So yeah. I, I, I definitely, so I actually maybe to, so that we can connect to, to, I'd like to talk a bit about emotional jobs. So, but to connect to that, I first would like to get both of your opinions on the example that Jan brought up, which is this idea of this uh, cake, uh, cooking, baking package that you can yeah. buy. Um, so what, in your opinion, is the job? If we can just go back to like the, like get concrete on this. So what, what is the job that this is solving exactly then? How would we frame it? Okay. So I think here is like kind of the first, um, maybe, well, I don't know if this is kind of uh, going against, let's say, theory, but I don't. Th I think the the question is, in a sense, it has to be put in a different way. Um, for example, I don't think there is a one-to-one -one relation between a product and a job, and very often this is this is thought like that's the case. And I think the milkshake example, with all its glory that it has done, let's, I mean, don't, I'm not criticizing the example because it really, I mean, I've never seen an example that gets the point across better. And you can, you see it is because it's so widespread. But I think that example implies one product, one job. And I don't think that's true. I don't think that's true. So, even if you look at um, um, the, the the ODI, like the, the 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 what is it called, the Universal Job Map, I think right. it's called. Right. There is subs subs jobs. So from the get go, you will always have the you will never have the answer. This is the job and the only job that the product gets done. Now the way we do this is we think of jobs as a as a hierarchy. They are hierarchically ordered, and you have some kind of focus job in the middle, the one that you choose to innovate on. And for example, in this baking case, it could really just be to, to bake a cake, for example. And then you would, you would, but then you would already kind of imply that baking is part of, of, of what you want to do. But, but that let's, let's assume we want to kind of see at, um, how people actually bake cakes. Now around this job, you will have different jobs where the same solution is involved. So if you go higher up, especially if you think about, okay, this is about um, housewives or well, however you want to call it, but they, let's say that's a target group. Above, I mean, why do you want to bake a cake? For example, because you want to be appreciated by your family. 
I mean, cooking for your family and getting that appreciation is a huge motivator for why people go out of their way to create something for their loved ones. So the, the baking of the cake, the cake itself, and you could do this by just buying a cake as well. I mean, some families, they might do it that way, but it's expressing kind of, I hey, I love you, basically, with a certain kind of food or something that I produced for you is very, very strong. And that's a second job that plays just as much a role as the one of just to bake a cake, which is rather a functional thing. Brilliant. So, yeah, I, uh, that's very nice. Does that help? Very nice. Yeah, I think that's, I mean, I'll give my opinion last, but I think I... I oh, so you I, completely disagree, I believe. <laughs> no, no, no. I, okay. I think actually it's... No, no, it's it's totally in line with what I would have said. I, I'll maybe just say, add a, a little sure. element to it, but I, I, I totally agree. Uh, Scott, so what, what would your yeah, opinion be? I, yeah, that I think that makes... I, I 100% agree, uh, starting with the fact that, yeah, we begin with this idea. You know, We say a customer hires a product or accomplish a job, makes it seem like it's a one-to-one relationship. That's really an... It's a metaphor. It's an oversimplification that we used when we're explaining jobs to be done. But when, when, but when, when we're having the conversations we're having, we have to, we have to go, we have to com, um, embrace a, a deeper complexity that's there. And one product can solve a lot of jobs, which is, which is why this chicken wing riddle is so compelling. Because there are, because you begin with the assumption it's about consuming chicken, and really it's about all of these other things. It's baking a cake. Um, the, the time invested, provide showing that you that you love your family and feel and feeling that too. And I, I can't help but wonder, especially since this is a food example, you know, if there are just if there are jobs that well, so we have to feed ourselves to live. And there's certain there's certainly something in our DNA that makes us want to take care of our families and to feed our children and to keep our children safe yeah. and fed. And I wonder if, I, I, well, we want to keep ourselves fed too, but there's some satisfaction in taking care of others, especially in your, in your family. When you, have, yeah. when you have kids, you feel this like intensely that, that you're accomplishing this by taking care, doing things for them, taking care of them. And I wonder, you know, to some of this, it's hard to, uh, it's like, well, you know, the jobs are there, but it's hard to put in words because it's so in our DNA. It's so... We're, we're trying to get outside of ourselves and observe ourselves. It's, but it's very difficult to, to pull you can, to do that because it's just, you know, why do I have this intense, you know, pain when my kids are in pain or why do I feel great mm. when, I'm, when I'm doing something that, that's, you know, that's helping them. Like if I just, just a simple thing, just like to go buy life insurance, Okay, that, that doesn't help me at all. That does nothing for me. Now I got to pay money every month, but I'm taking care of people I'm responsible for. I get great satisfaction uh, in doing that. So I, I think, and with this with this food, we're talking about. We started talking about consuming, and then we also start about preparing meals for those we care about, and that, that's a pretty good job statement right there. But I, I'm I, I'm beginning to wonder if one of the reasons it's so difficult is it's just so much a part of it's just hard wired in us is for people that are trying to survive and you know an evolutionary point of view would would say that the, those who feel that more strongly will will be more successful at at uh providing for their children right if you could just imagine there's 
you know, one group of people, they don't feel that at all. The next group feels it very yeah. strongly. Once they feel it strongly, they're going to do that job better. And ultimately their DNA are going to push out the ones that don't, don't care about it. So, um, totally. yeah. and, I, and I think this is actually very much, uh, hopefully we already quite a bit on, so I hope we'll have time to, to get to that. But I, I personally think this is very linked to, to the, the taste also, when we talk about taste. So all these evolutionary aspects, um, so brilliant. I, I'll just add the following that I, and I think it's basically, I'm just reformulating what uh, Jan uh, said. Um, I, I think often we, so we talk about a hierarchy of jobs. I think everyone nowadays acknowledges that you, we don't do things only to achieve one job, but often there is a hierarchy in, in abstraction of, of the jobs. And I think, Part of the context, it's important to often set a context in, in, the, in the job. And I think this is an important context to add, is the why you're doing this job, but why you're doing this? What's the higher level reason? Yeah. And I'm sure many people do take this into account, but I'm not sure it's that widespread. So for instance, as we said, so you could be, maybe your main job is cook to, to bake a cake, Okay, that's that's your focus job, but it's it's not at all the same thing. And and your desired outcomes for this job will totally change if you are baking baking a cake in order to, I don't know, um, uh, get enough energy for the after. I don't know what a good good like yeah. uh, plain job would be. You know, uh, get get enough energy for the afternoon or whatever or relax or whatever the higher level job would be, or if you're doing it to show love to your, your family. And, and I think the, the high level job does inform also the, the, the lower level jobs. So I, yes. I totally agree on, and actually maybe this is a good time now to move over to these emotional jobs, which we often also associate with higher level jobs, although I'm not sure that's necessarily always the case. Anyway, what are these emotional jobs? So, um, Jan, I know that, so, well, emotional jobs typically are split into social and personal emotional jobs. And Jan, I know that at Venbridge, at the consulting firm you work at, you're not big fans of emotional jobs. So could you maybe just tell us what an emotional job is in jobs to be done and why you have such negative emotions towards them. <laughs> okay, we're going to take a break in the action right there. We will continue next time to hear Jan's take on emotional jobs and we will finally get to the bottom of this riddle. Does jobs to be done break on the question, why are chicken wings referred over chicken tenders? We'll answer it next time on the Product Quest Podcast. In the meantime, send any comments or questions to productquestpodcast at gmail.com and we'll see you next time. <laughs>